What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 176 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I really appreciate you listening in. It takes a village to raise a beer and a beer to raise a village. I talked community building on the last episode with Andrew from Culinary Coworking and Stephen from Smoke and Barbecue. Well, Calgary's very own village brewery is all about community, being a part of the community, growing growing their community, and doing good for their community. One of the brewery's founders, Jim Button, summed it up nicely. Village is a brewery built around beer, but dedicated to bringing together the community in Alberta. It's what we are proud of. It's what makes us unique. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Village's head brewer, Jeremy McLaughlin, and the Community Partnership and Customer Experience Manager, Mike Garth, over a tray of wonderful Alberta barbecue from Jane Bond Barbecue. I hope you enjoy the conversation. This episode also marks the first in a new podcast series I'm calling Alberta Foodways. While the series won't always focus directly on barbecue, there will be tie-ins, and I want to use these episodes as a way to promote our Alberta producers and to educate and get the conversation started around the importance of our local food food economy. We have a lot to be proud of here. The best sauce on the planet. Now that I have your attention, let me tell you about Sticky Fix from Motley Q, recently named the 2021 best sauce on the planet at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue Sauce Contest. Sticky Fix will be your new go-to, perfect for the whole family. Believe me when I say this stuff goes great on everything from quick grilled chicken to a 16-hour slow-smoked pork butt. Joe and Jess from Motley Q, our mainstays on the Canadian competition barbecue scene, and their years of culinary and competition experience shine through in all of their products. They put lots of time and careful attention into each item, and they love how barbecue brings people together. Barbecue is a big part of their family, and they want to help everyone make it a part of theirs too. Motley Q sauces and seasonings are crafted to deliver high-quality flavor to all barbecue dishes. From beef, chicken, and pork to wild game and vegetables, they've got a sauce or seasoning fit for any dish or occasion. Visit motleyq.ca to see their full lineup and get your bottle of the best sauce on the planet. Listeners of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast can use this discount code, EATMOREQ, to save 15% off your order. That's discount code EATMOREQUE at motleyq.ca. M-O-T-L-E-Y-Q-U-E dot C-A. Welcome back, everybody, another episode of the podcast. I'm down here today at Village Brewery in Calgary with Mike Garth and Jeremy McLaughlin. And Mike has just gotten back with a, a tray full of barbecue from our friends over at Jane Bond. So we're uh, going to chow down and talk a little bit. So I can hardly wait. Yeah, this is awesome, guys. Thanks, to, uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. How's everybody doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good for Monday, actually. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. this is going to be the sloppiest sounding <laughs> podcast yeah, ever. A little chewing noise in the background, <laughs> so excuse us. But uh, Mike, I'll, uh, I'll start with you. We were uh, Jeremy and I were talking barbecue before you got here, but okay. uh, question I've been asking everybody lately is, what does barbecue mean to you? Barbecue, to me, uh, means an exciting afternoon of hanging out next to the barbecue or the smoker, I guess, or yeah, suddenly smoking out barbecuing. Uh, and preparing a feast for a company, usually. Awesome. Jeremy, how about you? I think it's barbecuing, yeah, I like it. It is about preparing your meat on the grill, smoker, whatever. And to me, it's more about like the, it's it's less exciting. It's more relaxing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm at home cooking something, uh, preparing for whatever meal we're having, it's like, to me, it's like relaxing, chilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Zen, uh, yeah. Zen moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a presentation, right? You're yeah. Preparing to, to show off your skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, kind of your background. You said you'd been here about eight, eight and a half years or so. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, at Village uh, since February 2013, and uh, yeah, I started off. I moved here from New Brunswick. I uh, was a brewer, was a packaging uh, tech, um, kind of everything back back in those days, and then throughout the years, kind of climb the, the, the ranks. Uh, I, in 2015, became the QA manager here. And then uh, somewhere around 2017-ish, I want to say, became the head brewer. But it's really kind of fuzzy because yeah. it was a soft transition. Right. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Mike, how about you? What's your history here? Uh, this is year. This will be year five for me, actually. Okay. As of February, I suppose. Um, started out as a sales rep, and now I'm looking after sponsorships, partnerships, and the consumer experience. I guess. Nice. Yeah, I saw that community partnerships was the title, right? Yeah. And, and customer consumer experience. Best job in the world. Yeah. Yeah. But it's neat to see a company that has that focus on community and that really seems to run right from the top down here right it does and it's not just us but I think I think every brewery now has a focus on community not just our, the community of, custom, of customers but also the community of breweries as well yeah mm-hmm. collaboration events Jer host breweries come to the tap room right yeah. sharing resources knowledge yeah I think it's something like whatever business you have, whether it's a brewery or not, it's like anything you do, you need to engage the people around you um, just so people understand like who you are and what you're about. And like um, your best sales pitch is going to be someone who loves working for the company or a major stakeholder in a company talking to a customer, just conveying the passion they have about what they do. So, you know, it, we, we support our community and our community supports us. Awesome. Yeah, it is a... Uh the, the little bit I've gotten to know folks in the beer community, there really is a a, a partnership kind of. It's, feel a, to it's, it, it's so. a family. family. We're a family. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's great to see that. And uh, barbecue, especially, you go down to places like Texas, it's much the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. where everyone's sharing. Just, yeah, sharing information and knowledge and helping out where needed. It's uh, so it's uh, nice to see those parallels between the two uh, the two industries. Oh yeah, for sure. Awesome. Uh, before uh, Jeremy has had brewer training. Uh, education, what sort of has gone into that to become? So, um, yeah, head brewer, my job title is technically operations manager. Um, so to go into that, I, you know, started off with university. And I, when I went to university, I didn't know, like, oh, I'm going to be a head brewer. That's what I want to do. Yep. More so, uh, I, was a little, I was very naive, but I wanted to save the world. That was my mindset. Mm-hmm. And so I went into environmental biology okay. with, like, a, you know, focus on ecology and uh, and envir- the environment as a system. Right. Um, wanted to work for engineering firms doing like environmental impact assessments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I graduated, and then uh, yeah, I was in Fredericton, and it was very very difficult to get a job. Um, so I, I, I worked for a lab through uh, previous professors I had, um, just doing work counting insects uh, for a major river project that was going on nationwide. Yeah. And then the contract was up, and it was like oh. Okay, time time to find work yeah. for the first time in my life. That's not you know just part time job. So, mm-hmm. uh, my one of my best friends and uh, roommate at the time, he ex- actually just started at the brewery in Fredericton, Picaroons, and he started like that week. And then he was going to the boss asking, "Hey, I got a friend who uh, who's <laughs> who's home brewed since uh, you know forever." Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Once I got my foot in the door, you know, I brewed there for several several years, and then moved to Fredericton or moved to Calgary. Yep. And uh, yeah, I took some some schooling through the Institute of Brewing and Distilling. Okay. In uh, London, um, nice. but it's all based online. Yeah. So I got my diploma um, through them, right. and so now I'm qualified to run a brewery. I guess. There you go. Yeah. It is no okay job. It's got a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the on-the-job, I imagine, kind of coming up through the ranks has probably been as valuable as yeah. the online, would you say? For the, uh, yeah. Yeah. And for, for what it's worth, like, for folks who don't really know, like, you know, brewing is, as a profession, is way more than just, like, you make wort and ferment it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all the stuff that goes into running a brewery that is, it's so multidisciplinary, and I think about it in terms of, like, trades, you know, you've got to be good at plumbing. You've got to be a professional janitor. You've got to be an electrician. Mm-hmm. You've got to know refrigeration um, and packaging technology. You have to know. So it's like it's it's kind of all over the place. And boy, do I wish I knew how to weld. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one uh, one skill missing. Mm-hmm. Mike, what's your kind of background? Where's Calgary so, home for you? <clears throat> Calgary's home, nice. and this is actually my third brewery. Okay. So this is a 15-year career here. I'm working on. Yep. Uh, started out at Steam Whistle. Okay. That was five years. Uh, based out of Calgary. And that's where I got my, uh, my chops, uh, slinging beer. Mm-hmm. Um, then moved over to Big Rock, sales, and a bit of sponsorships and partnerships. And then uh, now here I am at Village. Awesome. Yeah. And the nice thing about having a, 
I've been from small to big and then back down to small again. And mm-hmm. I think uh, I think village small brewery is the best because you're more of a, a Swiss Army knife, I guess, in many respects. You're kind of doing a lot of things. Other things, yep. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's kind of part of the same decisions. And we're real, we're real family here. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about the village story a little bit, the history. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. like, the brewery started out um, in 20. 20- 11 in December, we sold our first kegs. Um, I think it took around a year to, to start up before then. And the group of initial uh, founders that started the brewery came from kind of a multi-discipline uh, background of everything you'd need to start a brewery. So okay. we had a, you know, a master brewer who had um, worked all over the place, including Big Rock, and also done some time at Sleeman. Um, and... Yeah, he's he's had a very accomplished career, Larry. Uh, he's he's retired um, since since uh, Village has opened up. Okay. But uh, you know, there was also people like a you know an, an accountant, someone who knew how to develop a business, marketing person, Jim Button is probably yeah. the most like yeah, I've heard, heard him talking different things enough. But yeah, yeah, he's the most locally famous yeah. person on our on our founder group, and he uh, you know he was the face of the brewery publicly, right. yeah. um, and he. Yeah, he kind of helped build the foundation. He 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 was the foundation. Him and Tom Stewart to to really get things going for us, um, you know, from a day to day side. And uh, yeah, you know, the the focus was always, you know, as Jim said, support your community, and and that's kind of that was what the brewery was founded on. And you know, supporting the community can mean a number of things, and it can mean event sponsorship, where it's simply just like, you know, oh, some community wants to have an event, so we we donate some beer to their cause that's that's the easy stuff the the harder stuff and i'm using air quotes though not on camera pretty tight um is that you know you've got events that are maybe a little bit more complicated so we've got our gardener project okay which is awesome and it's you know for i think the past like six years seven years while I got I don't even know anymore and i'm not a library of information that's what i'm not but with the gardener we uh we were buying hop rhizomes and planting them around the city as a long-term investment in the community gardens that were planting them okay. and the people's houses. And we would go around and pick those hops every year and make a beer out of the hops we pick. Nice. Yeah. And it's like, I think Gardner might be a, a, a household name for projects in Calgary that people know, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it is pretty cool. That kind of investment in your community and all the proceeds, you know, we work with ATB on this and a lot of the proceeds would go back to the community gardens to help boost up their capabilities. You know, things like tools that are shared, you know, whatever they need to, to okay. help make it work. Awesome. Yeah. And the, and the beer is pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we do something different every year and uh, they certainly were unique. Yeah. Yeah. Beets one year, cucumber one year, basil. But okay. always with the community hop, so that was the nice. yeah, that nice. was the connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. And, uh, how have you seen in your guys your time here uh, the growth of the brewery? I don't know. Okay, okay. so so I'd say like, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, when when uh, when the brewery started, um, there wasn't much for uh, competition. Let's say there was, you know, there was Big Rock, there was Wild Rose, which not to discount them. Um, Brewsters was around. Yeah, but like there weren't many quote big bigger craft breweries or right. even just craft breweries in general there yeah. were some legislation changes that happened around 2014 yeah so. and that allowed places like dandy and Toolshed to open up right on the heels of those changes yeah lowering the minimums that yeah. you need to brew via yeah. brewery yeah yeah it's, it's kind of silly like you before um i'm not going to quote numbers because i'll screw it up but before yeah, you had high. to You'd have this high ceiling or high high bar to entry the the brewing before you get your your license. So you'd be able to produce X number of thousands of liters of beer a year, and then you know places like Dandy uh, opened up and they could do a fraction of it, like a very small fraction, and it allowed nano breweries to exist or yeah. you know smaller micro breweries, whatever. Yeah. Um, so seeing seeing that grow over the years, you know, Village got in before that, so. We are considered one of the older guards of craft breweries in the province, which is super cool. You know, um, we've seen the growth happen in the industry, and that is never a bad thing. You know, having having all these breweries open up, um, we've seen a real boom in the last five years, and it it's really for every person, every consumer out there who picks up a pint of craft beer, 
it supports the cause. There is right. so much beach to lay on here mm-hmm. um, that we've got, you know, any fan of craft beer is great for us. Yeah. Yeah. It also raises the bar, right? Yeah. As far as quality goes, people make better beers, and then more people out there, more water in the pond floats everybody's boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I was looking on the website, the, the Beer Barons Program. Mm-hmm. What's that uh, all about? So they were the original investors in Village, and uh, I believe it was 10 artists and then 40 people from different facets of the Calgary community, and then the idea was that all of their villages would come together and form essentially just one big Venn diagram where everybody connected into one big community, Okay. and then I thought that was that most people would bring their communities together and we'd all build one over the same beer, so our... uh, Logan is, or slogan is, uh, it takes a village to raise a beer and a, a beer to raise a village. Yeah. And I think it still applies today. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a neat idea to bring those all those different uh, skill sets and communities and it's a great idea together, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't see that too often in business where. No, these private investors just want dividends. This, yeah, is, this, exactly, is, this is more. Yeah. This is more about. Yeah, we really care about almost a personal investment. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is. Just not just financial, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's great to see. Uh, we're sitting up here in the tap room, talk a little bit about uh, what you have going on here. With our tap room, yeah. <clears throat> Ooh, those ribs are really good too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the tap room is also really—it's a keystone to the brewery. It's not just a tap room, but it's also an event space, and we host art exhibitions right. here when things are busy. It's not COVID, obviously. Yeah, it's a little slow right now. Um, Speakers, stage, so we have live music up here, host shows, and the program was the band would come by and they make their own beer and serve the beer to the party that comes down and watch okay. them play. And then we host art exhibitions and the artists can come down and have an opening reception or host workshops. And then their artwork is also for sale. So the idea is it's also a community community upstairs in the brewery. So come yeah. by. I think our hours right now are from Thursday to Saturdays. And uh, anyone's welcome to come by and Share in the village love, and also, Jared, as you mentioned about our, our anniversary, talking about the age because it, it'll, be oh, yeah. it'll be ten years. So we plan on having okay. a, nice. this tap room's gonna be busy next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's coming up, twenty twenty two. Yep, yeah. all year long celebrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just beer up here. Any food service? Uh, just popcorn. Okay, but yep. um, pretzels. No, no kitchen pretzels. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy things. No, yeah. no, no, no kitchen. Yeah. Is there a, a requirement? For tap rooms to have food, there is. I thought that, I thought there yeah. was. So that's why I you can get away with a bag of chips. Sure. So as long as there's something, right? We have the best popcorn up here. The best. The best. All right. <laughs> that was a chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that on the popcorn. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know until recently, Tool said he had the. That was his thing at the popcorn. Yeah. Now, of course, he's got the the barbecue the barbecue operation. Going, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I thought there was some sort of a food requirement. So. There is. Yep. Yep. But, do what you got to do to meet that, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, let's get into the beer itself. Talk about Jeremy. You're probably best to address the the product line. What? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, when Village started up, we had our two core beers, um, uh, the Blonde and Blacksmith. Yep. Um, at the time, you know, Blacksmith was, I think, quite adventurous for what it was. Um, it's a it's a black ale um, recipe. It really hasn't changed that much over the years. Um, it's still like we call it an Alberta uh, black ale, which it's kind of built like a Cascadian dark, but a little bit light on the hopping, kind of. Kind of. Um, and then our blonde goes is, great with barbecue. Yeah, super goes great with barbecue, <laughs> but also really great as a as a marinade uh, for beef dishes. Um, and then our blonde is uh, it was more designed around to be like your everyday beer. Um, again, the the framing of when the brewery opened, it was more about like hey let's let's get people used to what you know all all malt beer is called this is beer not made with uh corn syrup or rice it's 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 all barley and uh so it is an easy everyday drinking blonde ale um you know pull people away from the macro Mm -hmm. beer side and into craft um Nowadays, uh, you know, we've we've got a, a bunch of beers we've released through the years. Um, some of them have stuck around, some of them have not. Um, 
but we've got like a, a North American hybrid on a, a wet beer. So it's a little bit more clean fermentation, less of the cloviness, but yeah, that's our wit. It's got orange and coriander in it. Um, we also have our squeeze, which is a raspberry and lemon ale. Um, it's uh, was never designed to be super hitting you over the head with fruit. I've got like a, an <laughs> I dislike beers that are too sweet. And so having too much of a fruit flavor in it is um, not ideal for me. And then our, our neighbor is a, is a wet, it's, it's, it's an American pale ale. Um, we brand it as a Canadian pale ale just to start a conversation. Sure. Um, but it's, you know, modeled after beers like Dale's pale ale, like Sierra Nevada pale ale. Um, and then we've released our lager, which is uh, the lager lager. Lager. And it's, uh, yeah, that's a bit of an eye roller. Um, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by I truly love this beer. It is so, Pitt so County good. Barbecue. It is a Who's clean, authentic North Carolina style whole hog It's the crispiest of all boys. North of the border um, to Alfred and Kenny. Based out of Edmonton with the ability to travel Pitt County Barbecue. will come to your event and cook an entire pig on site using their custom beef cooker. Designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. brewers as well. Um, we also have a cider corporate that we catering and okay, private so the events. Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. I want to say that. North Carolina chopped um, barbecue pork and to Piedmont spent about a year researching how to make cider effectively. What we have is has been is so good really, you don't really even need sauce. Strong in, in its Peter is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second really good. Um, delicious food to amazing um, customer and then service. We also make have sure a line of non-county barbecues that, uh, that we make next to which, it. Um, also, check out their yeah, recent web series, that, Friends. You know, maybe of the there's going to be some brewers on out YouTube there, or and follow them on Instagram, and maybe just Facebook. beer fans in general that give some eye rolls around visit like visit their website at the idea of a non-county. You know what? That's cool. If that's like I T T County barbecues, that's what we were talking. Yeah, and I guess for for me, like. When it comes down to it, I'm, I can be incredibly selfish. Just ask my wife. But um, also, <laughs> you know, I want to make a beer that I want to drink. Yeah. And if I'm not going to want to drink it, then I'm not going to want to make it. And our non-elks, we've got three of them. And, like, I can't say enough about them. I drink them at home. It's like, you know, I don't need to have a beer every single day. And it's yeah. like, well, that's kind of been our thing with the non-elk. It's like there's a beer for every occasion. Right. Yeah. So... And well, and I've heard people talk about the non-alcoholic, whether it's beers or the cocktails. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're out with a group, you you don't want to stand out by not mm-hmm. having something, right? So yeah. you can go that route, and if uh, somebody happens to look, it doesn't jump out at you that you're not drinking, right? So yeah. yeah, it also has all the health benefits: the simple sugars and the salts, the minerals. So if you're a jogger, I mean, it's like there you go. It's like Gatorade. It is, <laughs> and like it's. As a side benefit, but definitely benefit, when we were making these recipes, we were not aiming for low calorie. Okay. Um, but like our our blonde and our pale ale are very low calorie. For like a can, it's like thirty five calories. Like you can't argue with that. Yeah. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. To the point of where, when it got tested, we got the results back. I was like, that has to be a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something going on here. Yeah. The, the stout, we can't really make that claim. It's it's a little bit higher, yeah. but like still, it's it's you know I think. I'm, Again, don't, I'm not going to quote numbers, but it's yeah. it's it's above that, um, definitely. So, what's the process in recipe development of a when you guys are looking to bring on a new beer? What's the what's the process that goes through to take it away, Jer? Yeah, yeah. This is, I think this firmly fits in <laughs> my window here. <laughs> Looking uh, right at uh, eating here. So eating here. Yeah, Mike can yeah. eat. <laughs> Uh, so creative is a thing that we're kind of, we're always tweaking kind of the process of creative. And, you know, I think 2022 is going to be about, in general, uh, redesigning some of our processes. You know, COVID slowed things down for, like, the brewery progressing and getting and focusing on improvement. We're going to refocus on that. And how we're approaching creativity in the in the upcoming year is going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. Um, you know, Branding, you know, as as as, uh, as a new recipe comes up, the the conversation starts with our brand manager, and this is to ensure that if we're going to be fulfilling the needs of a project, which turns out to be a beer or something like that, it's like we want to make sure it make it fits with the the brand that we're trying to put forward. And once we have that down, um, then we have all of our team of brewers and 
not even necessarily just our brewers. Our creative team right. is everyone from packaging operators to brewers to uh, you know myself, our uh, head of packaging distribution, uh, our uh, operation operational excellence specialist. Uh, she also does our QA. She'll make recipes and all that. So we've got a team of people who who will be able to create recipes, and we go through a process of like. Um, Depending on the scope of the project, we may or may not trial out brews and trial out recipes. We have enough collective recipe experience on staff that for things that are maybe a little bit more by the book or true to style, we don't need to, you know, trial out how to make a Vienna lager. We can just throw that together. You know your ingredients, you know your process, and it just works. Um, Then if we're doing things that are maybe a little bit more crazy, like trying to make our first batch of cider, it's like, oh yeah, there's trials. There's Trial. there's trials, testing, like product research on uh, what's in the market. Um, yeah, and also there's going to be an emphasis on getting it bang on if it's a new core brand, right. where I'd say the vast majority of what we produce for new recipes, they're all designed to be limited releases, one-off right. brews. You know, we're only going to brew this once, I mean, if it hits exactly what it's supposed to be, does it matter that much? Like, it's, it's going to be a blip in the market. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I hope that answers that. Yeah. yeah. No. So what's sort of a, a process in from... Like, time frame? From the idea, okay, let's make this beer to it being done and on the market. So I think most of that, again, is tied into how we're going to package it. Um, so if we're doing something that is kegged only... We don't need to wait for can label design. We don't need to wait for any of that. And quite often, that is the defining character, like the defining time frame that we're given for releasing a beer. It's like, okay, we got this idea to make a beer. Well, we can brew it and have it ready to go probably before the cans get here. Right. So that time frame, it's normally a couple weeks for artwork design and then, uh, you know, somewhere around five-ish weeks before the cans arrive here. So... You know, let's say two months yeah. uh, to round it out. Uh, two months is a is a nice, flexible time frame to, to produce a beer. Mm-hmm. But like actual beer, like ales, if we're brewing an ale and it's not heavily dry hopped or it's not dry hopped at all, we can bust that out in two weeks. Okay. Dry hopping can take a little bit extra time, like one or two days. Yeah. Um, you know, so ales, we'd normally just say two to three weeks. And then for our lagers... Um, you know, with our lager, lager, we give it five week in tank. Okay. Um, what does that do for it? I'm not a, I'm not a, a big beer guy. Yeah. So yeah. The extra tank time. So it, it's, it's more of a requirement just okay. to make the beer turn out how you want it. So okay. uh, ale yeast typically ferments warmer. Okay. Um, and because it's warmer, it's, uh, it's going to ferment a lot faster. So we'll reach the end of fermentation in like nine, seven days. Okay. Um, and that means we can crash a tank down to zero, let it condition for a few days, let the yeast fall out before we go to uh, transfer it or filter it, and we can yield beer out of that tank, no problem, 14 days. Okay. Uh, with lagers, though, um, it's cooler fermenting, um, so instead of at around 21-ish degrees, let's call it, um, lagers ferment at about 12-ish. So it takes longer. Yeah, yeah, the, the metabolic activity is definitely a little bit slower, so... Um, instead of the seven to nine days of fermentation time with an ale, it's like more like two plus weeks of actual active fermentation. Right. And then we crash the tank down and uh, let the tank kind of mature a bit for a few weeks. And that just kind of cleans up the flavor. Um, yeah, m- matures the flavor. Uh, at a green beer, uh, what, a, what we call it, you know, um, a tank that's not kind of finished. Right. It just doesn't taste right. It's, okay. it's got certain off flavors in there that you know we're trained to pick up on but for the average beer taster can be probably nauseating to hear us right. talk about it it's yeah. just are lagers hard to, hard to make uh they're different i mean if you got the tools and you've got the experience like it's not like lo- brewing a lager is anything super sacred um you know we we use an ro uh setup so we have reverse osmosis water that we pull into the brewery um through this yeah our machine and it, it allows us to pull out all of the uh, all of the mineral content in the water so loggers are more sensitive Mike to answer your question okay. gotcha you're feeding me questions I like that yeah. Um, so yeah like <laughs> Alberta water and Calgary water like we hard water yeah. it is super hard you know everyone's got the 
the stone that develops on their shower heads at home if they don't have a softener. Yeah. Um, it's that that type of like mineral content in your water is really great for making ales, hoppy beers. But even like just the hardness aside, the like fluctuations in water chemistry that you can get on a daily basis, depending on what time of day you're running, it's wild. So, um, you know, we use RO water just for the stability of our water profile that comes into the building. Um, we use that with lager, but we also use that with our hazy IPA because we, as a group, want to put our best foot forward with our IPA and, you know, by, by standardizing the water instead of like taking what the city is going to give to us, which, you know, it's perfectly drinkable water and no one would notice anything weird about it otherwise, but for brewing it, you know, that sulfate content can get out of control. Yeah. It gives you the consistency, right? You're getting the same, yeah, yeah, same water every time. Every single time. Um, take that factor, uh, yeah, variation out of it, right? Engineered water. Exactly, right? This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. Based out of Edmonton with the ability to travel, Pitt County Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Specializing in corporate catering and private events, Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Also, check out their recent web series, Friends of the Pit, on YouTube, and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. To book your event, visit their website at Pitt County Barbecue. That's P-I-T-T County BBQ dot com. So, Mike, what's, uh, what's kind of a day in the life of your, uh, your job look like? So, uh, I guess <clears throat> I would be the, <laughs> the prism in which you'd have to go through, uh, to, uh, to get uh, you know uh, a partnership going, so I answer a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, a lot of requests. Uh, most of them, most of them, really good. Yeah. And uh, uh, then we determine what's the best fit, uh, what part of town it's going to be. I'm pushing them to get more stuff going in Edmonton this year. That's my goal. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's exciting to see festivals come back because yeah. oh boy, has it been a long two year stretch of no nothing you. going on. Yep. So things are coming back, which yep. is good. I reached out to all of our partners in 2019, and things are things are for the most part a go again. Happen again. So let's just hope it's n- now it's, we're relying on the actual people to come down and yeah. help support as well. Awesome. And that's coming back too. So we'll see. Yep. I'm optimistic about 2022. Yep. And. Um, I think things are going to be good. I think I think I think there's a real hunger to get things back to the way they were before. Yeah, and uh, people like to party. Yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> you can't hold them back. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, you said it, a hunger for it, right? So. And like Jared said, now we we have uh, we have a cider, we have non-elk, and a whole line of beers. So we have something for everybody. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're pretty uh, pretty easy to please people. Yeah. yeah. You, you you touched on the the COVID stuff. Yep. What did that to business here and how did you guys react to well, we definitely the changes and we definitely realized that uh, we have a lot of volume uh, in the bars and restaurants mm-hmm. and then when that all dried up we really yeah. had to shift our compass towards the retail world yeah and home so deliveries home deliveries yeah. yeah you guys went down that route yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think everybody had a bit of a pandemic yeah. pivot but we uh, we prevailed and things are yeah. good again. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Co- it's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. COVID was really interesting. You know, it's when something like that happens that you just you don't really know how things are going to go. There's a lot of uncertainty that's built into literally everything that you do. Um, and you know, it was the reaction that our team had was truly awesome. We had. Um, you know, everyone kind of came together to make sure that we were fitting the baseline requirements that we have as a company, getting packaging done. Yeah. And like Mike said, a lot of our volume is based off of kegs. Well, kegging wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, our packaging line was just like ripping through volume. Mm-hmm. It was incredible how fast 
packaging was going. Um, but still, the total like production volume was way, way lower. Right. It's just packaging was way busier in the middle of summer. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was awesome because we had everyone came together to make sure that we, we, we had product to put out the door. We had like our head of sales at the time was doing packaging. You know, our GM was doing packaging. I was doing packaging every day for like nine months. Um, just, all wearing masks. Yeah, all wearing masks. On. Yeah, yeah. Just everyone like, okay, well, we're in a we're in emergency mode. Yeah, yeah for for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I think it was also good team building too. Absolutely. I think we're closer because of it. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah, yeah. Nice to see some some benefit and yeah. positive uh, come out of it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. We definitely learned that we can take kegs and put them into bright tanks again and package them. That was a thing. Yeah, and I've heard uh, some other folks from different breweries talking about that. And guys that weren't doing canning, they were strictly kegs. That's a tough a spot. much bigger pivot for them than you guys. Yeah. It was a ramp up for you as opposed to a complete shift, right? Yeah, we just turned the dial to 11, and yeah. they uh, they had to figure out a whole new way of life. Of, yeah. You know, there are mobile canning mobile companies canning, yeah, that come in that. And, and, you know, do your packaging. thought of something like that, but it's... Uh, it's, it, it's out there. Yeah, it was already super popular yeah. before. It's pretty so, smart. Yeah. Well, absolutely, yeah. For a, a smaller operation that doesn't have the space or... Or a canning line. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The mm-hmm. ability to make that investment and putting it in themselves. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's a great idea. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Uh, talking a little more barbecue, uh, Mike, uh, sorry, Jeremy and I we were chatting about uh, cooking at home. You've got a Weber kettle like I do. Uh, yeah. Mike, uh, you got you do much cooking at home? I also have a Weber kettle. You're another <clears throat> kettle guy. Awesome. I also have a... I think it's called the Weber Rocky Mountain Smoker. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it, looks like a, it looks like a big black R2D2, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And so I do a, I do nice. a lot of ribs in there. Yeah. Ribs. Great, uh, great cooker. And then also, um, I've been playing with the cold smoke. Okay. So I've been smoking nice. ricotta cheese. Nice. It's really easy oh, yeah. and delicious. Okay, ricotta, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, smoke ricotta. Uh, what are you doing for cold smoking? How are you making that? Just really low, low, low temperature. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I use the big blocks uh, instead of the... What do you call them? I guess uh, pellets or wood chips or yeah. wood chips. Yeah. I guess yeah. yeah. The big blocks of oak. Yeah. Nice. Um, what else? What else? Is my secret for barbecue? I'm more of a dry guy, not a wet rub guy. Um, lump charcoal instead of briquettes. Yep. Um, <laughs> no, my uh, my first cooker when I got into it was like the like the Smoky Mountain. Yeah. The Rocky Mountain. Uh, the bullet style. Yeah. But it was a cheap Bass Pro Shop thing. Yeah. And the the bottom was completely open. Yep. Hmm. So temperature control. Always high. Always yeah. high. Yeah. Always high. Uh, you know, especially in Calgary, it's always windy, and I'm up in the northwest. Yeah. It's, yeah. If it's in breezy anywhere in the city, it's a gale up there. Yeah. yeah. So just trying to control temperature on that thing was a nightmare. So I find I usually have to use my chimney and top up every hour with Rocky Mountain. Yeah. Which is good. Yes. That's pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. You see a lot of guys using those in competition, though. So they're great, uh, great cookers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got on my on my kettle. I've got a rotisserie attachment. Nice. That gives you some extra height, so I'm almost able to replicate the the same thing with that extra height distance nice. between the. I always have to let off and rotate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really want to get into. Uh, I know there's a like a pizza making attachment where it's just like an insert on the yeah. kettle, yeah. and then you can throw your stone in there and yep. cook pizzas on there. Uh, but haven't done it yet. Just yeah. need to so invest the, in that. The thing I've got is a guy down in Lethbridge. I can give you his name. It, it doubles as a rotisserie and a... Uh, it's a little custom-made thing? Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. It's great. So, yeah, I do pizzas in there. I just got the stone that... It, it raises the grate up. There's yeah. a spot on there to, that huh. you can rest your... Uh, get your grate up higher up off the... Off the cool. It's got yeah. the little door on the front, so you can slide your pizzas in and out. Well, not to brag or anything, but I actually have a backyard pizza oven. Oh, you do? Nice. Yeah. What are you running... Uh, what kind of? Uh, you know, I don't know what kind of it is. It's a pretty. It's, it's a. It's a design that a whole bunch of other companies do, and yep. it's just a big silver, long, like almost like a dome. The flat, yep. and then pull logs in the back, okay, and then terracotta stones in the yep. front. And nice. I can get that puppy roaring yeah. to nine hundred degrees if yeah. I want to. I love those. Uh, the look of those. The uni is the big one. Yeah, yeah. Out there the that's a small little one. Yeah, yeah. this guy's about the size bigger. of this table. Oh wow! So yeah. yeah. You can get pies in nice. about, I think, two minutes. You can oh, get yeah. pizza. Yeah, you can get yeah. those things going at you know, 900 degrees. Yeah, and that is a yeah. backyard crowd pleaser. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Unless nice. you're the cook. You're just constantly working, yeah, breaking a sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Save yeah. me a piece. Yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got quite a number of people that do some cooking and stuff here. Uh, yeah, it's good. we have our own uh, WhatsApp group for uh, oh, barbecue, nice. uh, which, Mike, I don't even think you're in. Uh-oh. There's no mics Uh-oh. allowed. We got one mic. So. <laughs> we got like five mics here. Yeah, we have five mics at Village, Uh-oh. and it's, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, no, we, we definitely have a number of people on staff. Like yeah, our, nice. our GM, is a, he's got a kettle, um, our head of packaging distribution, Mike. He's got a, a, a real offset, so for the purists out there, mm-hmm. he's he's the most authentic. I've just got a kettle, and then Sandy has a, a trigger that she got this year, and she's she's committed. She's committed to that way of life. Yeah. It's kind of impressive the the pictures she posts of just like you know whole beef tenderloins and like jeez, like yeah, those things you can just set them and forget them. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. Digital, that's right? I haven't yeah. gone down that route yet. I like the hands on. So do I. I, I like yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like I've got an offset as well. I was saying and yeah. the process I love, but. There's days where I'm busy when I'd like to smoke something where it'd be nice to That's right. yeah. turn the dial and That's set right. it and go do my groceries and whatever That's else right. i got to do and yeah. mm-hmm. come home to a brisket or something. Right? Well, that's so. the nice thing about barbecuing and smoking is that uh, low and slow. Yeah. Yeah. And the longer you leave it, you'll never mess it up. It's yeah. better and better and better. Yeah. 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 I definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Anything coming up uh, here at Village uh, you can talk about? Uh, <laughs> Events-wise, well, we talked about we, we spoke about a ten-year. That's going to be huge for us, and I think that's going to be a, a year-long thing with special beers, events, and then a big brewery shindig of some sort. That's that's still uh, in the planning stages. Uh, I know that we uh, we're planning to put some lipstick on the walls up here, clean things up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe some brewery renos. Well, we have a little off time during the winter months, and then a big relaunch. Post-COVID, when we can finally maybe actually have a full house again, which would be amazing. Yeah, nice. I don't know what yeah. post-COVID means anymore. Yeah, really, who knows what yeah. that's going to look like. So. Yeah. yeah, so I'm already booking bands and art up here, so yeah. I think uh, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like I said, in the meantime, come on by. Thursdays to Saturdays, we're open. Saturdays, noon till 6. Weekdays, 3 till 8. Uh, and we always have beer up here. We have our core, and we also have taps dedicated to uh, our one-offs and experimental brews, which are always interesting. This yeah. past week, we did apple pie beer, which well, was... So some guy down the lobby, we're looking at the, uh, the, the board there, and uh, mentioned that, so... We had apple pie and the apple pie beer. It was great. It was great. It was really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for beer, I don't want to comment too much, but we definitely have a lot coming down the pipe for beer this year, so all I'll leave it at is just watch out for what we're doing because there's going to be some truly awesome beers coming out for awesome. us next year we're Excellent. we're focused on uh on increasing how many uh limited releases we're doing Excellent. yeah awesome i uh you, you talked about the blonde earlier at the golf course i play at in the summer they they carry it and uh, a nice hot summer day when you're it's what you want cruising out in their golf cart uh yeah. that blonde is the way to go that's uh, yeah. yeah easy drink and uh, nice Hot day, hot summer day beer. So. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. That's, nope. that's why that and the, the blacksmith are both of our uh, our flagships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my buddies that I golf with, they prefer the blacksmith, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They like the heavier stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, winter time, sure. Yeah. I don't know about the heat. I don't know how many yeah. blacksmiths you could have, but uh, yeah, it's a nice <laughs> hot day. And a yeah, nice day. Black here, here we go. Yeah. Speaking of barbecue, we were gonna make a Rauk beer. We have. Are we really? We did it once with uh, Toad and Turtle. They smoked the malt for us. How was it? Uh, it was good. It was certainly like a wild card uh, type of situation because the when you're smoking, when you're using smoked malt, um, you know, commercially available smoked malt, suppliers are very apprehensive to be like, oh yeah, use this percent and uh, you'll be good to go on flavor. Because good to go, you can have a little bit of smoke or you can have a ton. You throw all that kind of pre-existing knowledge out the window when it's like, oh yeah, some. Some uh, restaurant locally smoked our malt. I have no idea how it's going to be, but we definitely used cherry wood to smoke it, and it turned out good. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't super directed in that. Like, well, we don't know if it's going to be super smoky or just a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Uh, it's kind of a wild. You said a wild card, right? It's. Uh, yeah. Until you until you pour it and yeah. taste it, you don't know what it's going to be like. So. I think it's the fun part about beer. It's kind of like cooking, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, cross your fingers. Just hope it's a small batch, not a huge yeah. batch. Yeah. Yes. Well, I remember um, a few years ago when Fort McMurray had the fires. Yeah, there was a, one of the breweries up there that had some some malts that didn't burn but got super smoky. Got smoky, and they used them and kind of made a, a joke about it. Yeah, that's yeah, probably for last batch. Or who is it up there? Where? Wood for Buffalo. Wood Buffalo. Oh, Wood Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. So yeah, somebody was one of them, but uh, yeah, yeah, they used the 
malt that had been got smoked uh, yeah. during the fire. So I like that. Yeah, kind of neat. Uh, it's gonna be like wine coming out of the Okanagan this year. Yeah. yeah. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> some things you want some smoke in, and others not so much. Yeah. Uh, Mike, where can folks find Village Brewery, the, the location here for the tap room, we online, lo- social media, all that good stuff? All the stuff. So we're located just off Blackfoot Trail southeast on 50th Avenue. Uh, just uh, if you know where Platform Motorcycles is, just keep following 12th Street down 12A? 12A, 12A Street. That's 46, isn't it? 46 to 12A. We are 46 to 12A. Jerry, what's your address? 5012A Street, Southeast. <laughs> there he is. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Just drive here every day. I don't know the yes. address in my office. If, yeah. you go, if you go to our website, villagebrewery.com, yeah. uh, you can, we have an online store as well, an online marketplace, and you can come in as well. We have a little retail shop where you can buy beers and merch. Come by. We're open until 4 p.m. Uh, always happy to see you. Um... Yeah. Excellent. Monday to Saturday. We're close Sundays. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Last question I ask everybody. It's, uh, it's dinner time. You maybe got the uh, the kettle or the Rocky Mountain fired up. What's uh, what's your go-to, Mike? Uh, I really have lately been enjoying the pork shoulder mm-hmm. and making uh, tacos al pastor. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my secret uh, is a pork shoulder mm-hmm. and a tin tray. Uh, soaked in Dr. Pepper. I'm okay. going to let it leave, flip it halfway, and then uh, I put the uh, pineapple in and smoke that separately towards the end. Yep. Uh, incredible. So for the al pastor, you're cooking the, the shoulder whole? Cooking the shoulder whole, yeah. Okay. Fat up top, so yeah, that yeah. way the, the fat runs down and then into the, uh, the Dr. Pepper, and then you flip it, and then that just becomes this beautiful melange of, of uh, fat, spices, and um, juice. Yeah. And then when you're done, I mean... As long as you leave, I leave it for at least six hours. Yeah. Like, as soon as the pork, as soon as the fork, you can tear it apart. Yep. Then you're you're good to go. But yeah. that's that's been my go-to lately. Is the nice. Pull pork. I'll show you after. I've got a thing called the Trompo King. Okay. It's a metal tray with a, an upright okay. spike. Okay. You take your pork shoulder and slice it all up and marinate it. Then you just stack Sack all the on. meat on there and cook it. So you slice it before? Yeah. Ooh. And then you just, as you're uh, serving, you just cut it off the... Uh, I like that. That's pretty awesome. It's a, it's I like little, that. Uh, yeah, fun little... Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeremy. <laughs> okay, so if I was... if Okay, if I was uh, trying to impress someone with, uh, with dinner, um, and they were okay with uh, seafood or fish... Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite things I've ever made was a miso-glazed uh, black cod or sable fish. Okay. Um, sable fish is so good. Uh, for anyone who hasn't had it, like, you, you can't screw it up. Okay. Um, nice. It's like you can't overcook it, and you feel so guilty when you're eating it because it is the richest thing in the world. <laughs> it's unbelievably good. And, yeah, just like... It sm- the smoke good. Oh, yeah, yeah. it definitely does. Um, and it's, yeah... You know, you don't have to cook it for very long. Get it to, I think, 145, I think, is the temperature. I always have to Google fish when I'm cooking it. Because, safe, yeah. yeah, but it's that's been, like, the the meal I've made for myself and friends before that just wowed me the most. That's your East Coast coming out. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, there are, I think, black cod's mostly in Alaska, but, yeah, yeah like... The fish. Fish. Yeah. I definitely yeah. am exposed to fish, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Well, guys, thanks so much for uh, for doing this. Really great to chat with you guys. And it has been fun. Learn more about Village, and uh, thanks for the food. Great lunch from Jane Bond. Yeah. yeah. Support your local barbecue job, as I always say. Yeah, yep. for a nap. Yeah, yes. no doubt. That's the, uh, the downside, right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news. Brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, a family-owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it is in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit, and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block, or maybe even get a walk at that next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and visit them online at barrelbossq.ca. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Men of Barbecue 2022 calendar that Barrel Boss and some of the finest in the Canadian barbecue community have joined forces to create and raise funds for the Canadian Cancer Society.
Christmas isn't too far off and pre-orders are ending soon. We have one last event on the Canadian competition calendar coming up soon. November 26th and 27th in Regina, Saskatchewan. The Agribition Supreme Barbecue Competition. I've been seeing the posts coming out about this and it is a great lineup of teams competing at this one. So uh, if you're in the mood, getting that one last competition in before the uh, dead of winter hits us, get on it. Email info at prairiebbq.com for details on that event. South of the border, the next big event on the calendar is the KCBS World Invitational Championship in Shawnee, Oklahoma. That's coming up this weekend, November 11th to the 14th. The Canada-U.S. border has opened up, so I'm wondering to, if we're going to see any of our Canadian competitors heading down south, making the trip for this one. Speaking of down south, down in Dallas, Texas, the World Food Championships have been happening this past week. And the final cooks for the 10 categories happened Monday and Tuesday. Congrats to friend of the show, Bill Purvis, from Chicken Fried Barbecue for making it to the top 10 round in the barbecue category. Robert A. Smith from First Class Barbecue in Hempstead, Texas, won the championship in the barbecue category, followed by Sterling Smith from Luton Booty Barbecue in second, and former guest of this show, Fred Robles of Rio Valley Meat in third place. Congrats to everyone. Looked like it was a fantastic event down there in Dallas, bringing foodies from all walks of life together. The KCBS recently announced the creation of the National Steak Championships. This is clearly in response to the growing popularity of the Steak Cook-Off Association events, and it got me wondering what sort of interest there would be here in Alberta for one of these types of events. Drop me a line with your thoughts. Personally, I think it would be a great addition to some of our existing competitions, and I'd love to see it happen. Thank you for listening in, everybody. Please drop me a line to let me know what you think about the changes to the show. You can follow Eat More Barbecue on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you're using. And I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca. Check out the listing of barbecue joints on the trail site and show them your support. If you're not here in Alberta, get out there and show your local barbecue joint some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking.